At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. A huge thank you to Lewis McGuire for helping us keep this podcast running. We appreciate your support and are honored to have you as a member of Great Big Photography World's membership community. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone. My name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. This week, I talked to Nikon Ambassador Victoria Hawk, who has a really diverse portfolio. She knows how to beautifully photograph anything that catches her eye, which is such an amazing skill to have. We talk about her many talents, what it's like specializing in multiple photography genres, the health issues that inspired her to live a fuller life, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Ty. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Victoria Hark, and I am probably best described as a generalist photographer. So I photograph everything from um, landscapes and nature to portraits to um, elopements and weddings. I also photograph events and I shoot for things like tourism and stuff as well. So a, a very broad kind of bunch of things that I photograph. And I work professionally as a photographer. I've been working um, professionally now for 
probably around 13 years. And um, I've been full time as a professional photographer, I think probably about five, five years now, originally from the UK, which you might be able to tell from my accent. And I lived on a small island in the UK. And that's where I originally picked up my camera and where I kind of became interested in shooting. And um, I am very lucky to be a Nikon Canada ambassador. And I'm also an ambassador for Low Pro Bags. So pretty, pretty lucky to be that too. Fantastic. You have so many genres that you specialize in and you have such an interesting story to tell, I feel. So I think we'll have an incredible interview together. Oh, thank you. What camera equipment do you use? So um, I'm obviously shooting Nikon because <laughs> I'm a Nikon ambassador. Um, so I've actually moved over to the mirrorless system. Prior to that, uh, I was shooting with a D850 and, and a D4. And then Nikon um, lent me a Z7 and um, kind of hooked me in. I, I found out after I borrowed it for six months and I was due to return it that I couldn't actually give the camera back and the lenses I was just kind of in love with. So I've gone over to um, shooting fully mirrorless. So I'm currently using the Z7 and the Z6 II and building up my number of dedicated mirrorless lenses as well. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. A lot of photographers now, I feel, are transitioning from from that to to mirrorless. And have you noticed any specific differences? yeah, I mean, I initially, although I was really interested in mirrorless, mainly because of the weight saving, um, I'm very much an intuitive photographer. And so I was a little bit, it took me a little bit to kind of just get used to having a camera that didn't have the, the buttons in the same places. Um, but once I realized that I could actually program the buttons to have all the things that I had on my DSLR, I was just away and running. And I think... Um, I love the fact that you've got the inbuilt image stabilization. That means that I can handhold so many shots that previously I would have had to have used a tripod. So it just kind of frees you up so much from that extent. And I think the um, having the focus peaking as well is really cool so that you can put it into manual focus and actually see what's in focus. And that's really handy for things like focus stacking when I do landscapes. And just the quality of the lenses, they are so sharp. Um, I think that was the big thing. I just felt like I couldn't give back um, that camera because I didn't want to part with, I was using the 14 to 30 F4 lens and I was just, I didn't want to give it back. It was really good. So yeah, a bunch of different things that have made me um, happy to switch over. And I really, I'm just actually beginning to sell some of my DSLR equipment now that I've got, um, you know, a good number of lenses that I can use with the mirrorless system. Mm-hmm. That might be, that must be quite bittersweet though, right? Selling your DSLR. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I just actually, I, I was kind of ready to sell and I had a message on Instagram last night from a, a, a lady who shoots in, in Revelstoke, which is a town close to me. And she said, do you know anyone that has a 70 to 200 2.8 for sale? And I thought, oh, this is my moment. I'm just about to start selling my, <laughs> my DSLR lenses. <laughs> So yeah, she's. I'm hoping she's going to buy that one from me. But um, yeah, it is kind of it is. But at the same time, I'm so happy. You know, I do have access still to my DSLR. I can you know shoot with that as well. And I'm finding just that I'm I'm not. And I love the D850. I absolutely love that camera. But um, I am pretty much hooked now on the mirrorless system. And it, and I think the weight is is a huge thing for me as well. Just having 
um, camera body and lenses and stuff that are, are lighter is 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 major as well for me. That's right, yeah, because you shoot a lot of landscapes, and so to shoot those, you often have to go to very specific places, and that takes time, and so it's much more practical to have a lighter camera. Yeah, absolutely, and I feel like the way that I'm shooting as well is sometimes I'm not even going out with the idea of shooting and I'll just be out with my dog and something will catch my eye. And so I don't necessarily want to, you know, drag my full camera gear or just loads of heavy stuff with me. I'm just going out for a dog walk. And so it's really um, nice to have maybe one, you know, just the, the camera body and one lens with me. And I'm just finding it's that, that ease of shooting and being able to handhold because of the image stabilization and that kind of stuff that's freeing up my photography quite a bit which is really nice mm-hmm. yeah I completely understand that it seems like a quite an asset so you yeah. said that you are an intuitive photographer and in a previous interview you said that your style is always rooted in feeling which I really like and that shows in your work you also said that you refuse to be placed in a box, which is such a beautiful thing to say, to be honest with you. When did you realize that you didn't want to stick to a specific genre of photography? Um, it's it's quite interesting because when I was at school, I was always looking to specialize as I went through my school life. So, you know, you start off in the English system or you did when I was there you know, doing a, a lots of different subjects. And then as you get older, you narrow down, you choose the ones that you um, want to specialize in. And then it, it narrows down more and more. And then, you you know, I went to university. So then it becomes even more narrow. And I really enjoyed that whole process of narrowing down. Um, but the interesting thing with photography is, is that it's almost the opposite for me. I just find joy in so many different things that I find it um, very difficult to you know, if I see the light coming through steam on a coffee cup or something, I, I want to photograph that. And if I see a squirrel, I want to photograph that. I, I find it very difficult to, to, to narrow down the things that I want to shoot. And I at one point, I was thinking that maybe I would be a wedding photographer. And so I was, you know, shooting lots and lots of weddings and trying to make my income that way. But I just found that I, I felt really kind of burnt out doing the same thing over and over. And I think with the different things that I shoot, I it, they juxtapose each other. So when I'm in the landscape and I'm photographing nature stuff, it's a very quiet, often solitary thing to do. And that juxtaposes really well with you know, photographing a wedding, which, you know, a wedding party who might be drunk and, you know, really noisy and loud. And I just find that if I can balance out shooting all the different things, it seems to um, just make me feel better as a person, you know. And um, yeah, I find that it, it really just sort of helps me that way. And I also think that when you shoot different things, when you learn um, different processes, for example, for landscape photography, um, you know, things like luminosity masking, which is, is a, a, an editing process used by a lot of landscape photographers, you can transfer that acro- across to portrait photography. So I find that they kind of cross pollinate. And I, I just feel too interested in the possibilities of too many things to want to have to narrow down. And I know that that's not what you're really taught to do. But um, and to be successful, but but you know, I've really only ever done photography for myself, and I wasn't thinking of it in terms of 
me making a business out of it. I was shooting purely for myself. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's it, really. And I think, you know, social media does try to put you in a box. Your followers do like to see the same kind of thing. So it can be quite difficult with social media to keep expanding the parameters of that and perhaps posting things that people may not necessarily like to the same extent as something else that they're used to seeing of yours. But um, I, I still, I feel like if I don't do that, I'm going to feel, you know, that I'm just going to have to produce the same things over and over again. And I, I just don't want to do it. That's right. And I think this is an issue that a lot of photographers deal with, but especially those who have been taking pictures for quite some time, because for me personally, as someone who specializes in portrait photography, I feel like Sometimes I'm not allowed to try something new or that I won't be good enough at capturing a specific thing that is outside of my genre. And yeah. that bums me out, even though deep down, I really want to try different things. I really want to learn about different genres. So I think it's important to mentally not put yourself in a box as a photographer. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it is difficult, especially in these days of social media, when, you know, when you post something and people react to it and perhaps because it's not what they're used to seeing from you and you've built up a following who are used to seeing those kind of things, you're not going to get the same kind of likes and what have you that you might normally. But I just think, well, if I don't allow for the fact that people are not necessarily going to you know, not everybody's going to like it. I'm not pushing the, those boundaries of the box. I'm not expanding those for my own kind of mental health and my own um, my own wish to to expand creatively because I don't know what I'm going to be interested in next. You know, I just I just don't know, and I love that possibility of just you know exploring really anything that I want to. Yeah, that's right. I mean, social media is great in many ways, but then at the same time. Sometimes it limits us based on yeah. the algorithm or what we think people want to see from us and the identity that we've built online. But, I mean, we can't always live for other people. We have to, yeah. as photographers especially, stay true to ourselves. So if you do take that step and you've already done that, I'm referring to the listeners. Um, if they do take that step and try something new and post about it online then someone else will see them and be encouraged to do the same as I have been encouraged by you because looking through your work I was so inspired by how diverse your portfolio is and that encouraged me a lot to try something new to take pictures of different things and to stay true to all of those various interests that I have so yeah yeah I mean I and I think you know as I say you are encouraged to have you know a feed that looks similar um but I actually began to to get work based on the fact that I did work as a generalist. I mean, um, I know you work with 500px and a few years ago, they asked me to write a piece for them about being a generalist. And I'm, I'm pretty um, sure that that kicked off some of the magazine work that I have where, you know, I write as a generalist for, you know, I have done, I've written as a generalist for magazines because I have that ability, you know, to write across a few different genres. So, yeah, I mean, I, I it's, it, none of it was really conscious as far as I was concerned. I was really, and I've only ever really photographed what I'm interested in. And I've been lucky that it has um, worked out for me. But um, yeah, it's a difficult one. If, it, if it's your job, um, it's very different 
for it, from it being your hobby. And so, yeah, there's definitely a balancing act to be played there. That's right. Yeah. I mean, from a commercial point of view, you have to have a certain style and a certain way of approaching things. But as you said, there is a whole genre called generalist right now, thanks to people like you. So these boundaries are being pushed and more and more photographers are being aware of it. And I think it's a wonderful thing. And I think it will help a lot of people express themselves creatively in any way that they like. Yeah, I, I hope so. I really hope so. A few years ago, you got sick and changed the way that you worked. What was the most important work-related change that you made during that time in your life? Yeah, um, a few years ago, I um, got something called parathyroidism, which it's, 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 I won't go into it too much, but it's to do with uh, your throat, basically. And um, I didn't really know what it was. I just felt really terrible for quite some time before I was diagnosed. And I I literally felt like an 80 year old, I had no energy. Um, I was kind of feeling stressed. And I had experienced anxiety attacks for the first time in my life. I'm not really somebody who gets depressed, but I, I experienced some depression, which just came out of nowhere. And I couldn't seem to get any kind of handle on. So there's a whole bunch of things. And I just knew there was something very wrong. And I didn't know what it was. Anyway, finally, I was lucky enough to be diagnosed and it was fixable with just basically surgery. And I came out of surgery and literally felt like a different person. So it was just this incredible um, change from feeling really no energy, just feeling awful to suddenly feeling absolutely fine back to how I used to feel. And it felt almost like, um, you know, somebody had given me (laughs) somebody. Uh, kind of given me the opportunity to experience that, but, but uh, allowed it to be fixed. So I felt very, very grateful. And I think one of the things that it um, inspired me to change was to, because prior to that, I was working very hard trying to build my photography business, um, taking sort of every job that came my way, not really taking any time off, feeling quite guilty um, you know, I have a daughter as well. So feeling guilty that, you know, I was trying to build the business, but not there enough for my daughter and all these different things. And I think having the parathyroidism and then recovering completely made me realize that it was really important to build in time for myself and to not feel guilty about not working all the time and, you know, constantly trying to build this business. So what I did was you know, instead of when I had people wanting to book weddings or elopements or whatever, I would look in my calendar and I would look at how busy things were. And I would try to leave myself gaps and just think, no, you know, I think I'm going to try and go hiking at this point, or, you know, I'm going to try and fit something else into that. And so, um, yeah, I think the main thing is, is um, I've realized that I really need to create space for myself. And as a photographer, that can be really difficult because your income is so sporadic. You know, you'll have periods where you're really busy and then there are periods when the wind is blowing and there's nothing happening. And you're just like, oh, my goodness, where's the next bit of income coming from? So at that point, it's really easy to just try and book everything you know that you possibly can um, into those busy periods. But um, I've definitely um, allowed myself space and I've I, I've said no to jobs that didn't feel that they were the right fit for me. Um, and so I've actually I just feel so much better. I, I and I, I've actually had more work um, come my way since I started building in space, which is really strange. 
Um, and I, I'm not really sure why that is, but um, that's probably the biggest thing for me is just, you know, definitely, you know, looking ahead, looking at how many weddings and things I've got booked in for next year and saying no, which can be very difficult when somebody's offering to give you a deposit. Um, but but thinking, no, you know, I'm not going to book August out completely or whatever. I'm going to make sure there's a week here to do what I want to do or three days or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think that's the, the biggest thing that it that it did for me. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step -step format which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. That's an amazing story, and it's incredible that you had this opportunity to be healthy again and to start over in a way, turn over a new leaf. I think yeah. on a smaller scale, most people know what that's like, especially if you know they get a cold and then they wish that they were feeling better again and then they feel better and they're like, you know, I'll never take my health for granted again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that I definitely feel that way. Um, so what an amazing story. And thank you for sharing that. And it's incredible that you make time for yourself because as you said, as photographers, we sometimes feel guilty for saying no and no is a full yeah. sentence by the way uh, <laughs> it's really important to remember and it's something we forget and we just need to be reminded time and time again because we have to put our mental health first and we have to put our health first because if we are not there for ourselves then our photography is going to be affected by that inevitably totally and I think you know it impacts on it you know it was impacting on my family as well you know my daughter and everything so I think yeah, definitely trying to take a step back, but it is a very difficult thing to do if this is your income because, you know, it is, it can be all over the place with photography. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's important to find a balance and to also remember that there are so many people who are going through the same thing and that ultimately putting yourself first from time to time 
will give you the best possible results. Yeah, I agree. You have a background in anthropology. I'm curious to know how that has affected the way you work as a photographer. Yeah, so um, when I was at school, all the way through school, I was really interested in art. And um, I went to art college and did a foundation course in art and design. And then I went on to university to do a fine art degree, um, which I I lasted at for about three months. And then um, just I really wanted to just kind of go home and hang out with friends. And <laughs> I felt like I'd been in education for too long. And so I took two years out where I just did um, just just work, just did kind of, um, you know, base wage jobs and stuff. And then after a couple of years, I thought, right, you know, I've really I don't want to be doing this kind of work for the rest of my life. I've got to think about what I want to do. And I knew that it had to be something connected to art, but I didn't really know what. And so I ended up um, studying art history and I studied world art studies and museology in the end. So basically it was the possibility was there for me to study non-Western art. And so I ended up actually you had to decide on two areas to concentrate on. So I studied early Christian stuff, so kind of Celtic stuff and um, non-Western and I and my bias became more and more towards the non-Western. And so I was beginning to learn about uh, lots of non-Western cultures and realizing that their art is something quite different to, to the arts that we have in, in the West and that it's so interwoven into their daily lives. It's not something that's separated in the same way. Um, so I, it, it really just opened my my mind to just all these different possibilities. Um, and I learned that in the West, we basically have a way of seeing the world that, that's cultural, that's that's kind of taught to us. We, we learn how to read the signs of what a stick man is and, you know, these different things. They're a cultural thing. And so it was eye-opening for me to realize that actually we were just bound by the conventions of the West and that there were all these cultures out there who – had completely different rules. Um, and so it really helps me to feel that, you know, that we are constrained by rules here and that those rules can be broken. And when you've seen how other cultures look at the world, um, you know, some cultures see everything almost as a map and they look down on, you know, their artwork is is, is in the style of a map kind of thing. They see things in an, in an entirely different way to how we do. And I think that just helps me to realize that you don't need to be bound by convention and that you can look at the world in different ways. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it just kind of underpins everything for me, I think. I really like that. I love that your education has helped you look at art from that perspective and look at other cultures from that perspective. It's basically like traveling when you learn about different cultures, even if you... Yeah learn about it in one specific room or online or wherever. I think it helps you really open your mind to new ideas and possibilities and help you grow as a person and as a photographer. So that's very, yeah. it's very interesting. I, I think it's, you know, to suddenly recognize that there's not just one way of doing things is, is just eye-opening, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, totally. It's a really interesting, a really interesting thing. Yeah, it's very humbling, too, because sometimes, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, but I think a lot of people can relate where you approach a subject a certain way and a photographer 
or just in life, you approach something a specific way and you think that way is the only right way in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, you get the results that work for you. And if someone else does something differently, then it's, uh, you know, they get the results that are that work for them. It's very eye-opening, definitely very humbling. And Yeah, and I think even, you know, when I come, when it comes down to working with people, with photographers um, in a workshop kind of situation or a mentoring situation, the number of people who have been told by someone else who is teaching, you know, another photographer who's teaching them, you, you know, you must have your camera set on manual or you must, you know, you, this is how you do it. There is no rule, really. There are w- ways that may make life easier and there are things that will create different effects. But I think it, it just you know, I really feel like it's whatever works for you. You know, if you feel better shooting in aperture priority and, you know, as long as you understand kind of what you're trying to achieve and how to get there, there is no, you know, right way to do these things as, you know, there's so many different approaches, so many different ways of doing it. That's right. I love that very much because the things that you do differently are the very things that might help you stand out as a photographer later on. So it's important to experiment and see what works for you. Yes, I, I completely agree. I think if we all, if we're all robots doing the same things, how is anybody ever going to, you know, get their head above the pack and, and be noticed in a, you know, so I think it's, it, you're absolutely right. Um, finding your own voice within your, your um, art is, is just everything. That's right. And, and speaking of photographers in the community, a lot of people compare themselves to others and are afraid that if they don't specialize in something, then they won't be successful. You've clearly shown people that those boundaries can be broken. What advice would you give to someone who wants to build a strong portfolio while taking photos of very different subjects? Well, first of all, you know, how do you kind of measure success, really? So, you know, for me, success is not based on kind of anything monetary um it, it's success for me in photography is is feeling that I am um that I'm being creative in the way that I want and so you know like I mentioned before I was never doing photography with any kind of goal in mind in terms of it being a career or anything like that I've always done it just literally for the pure joy of it um and I'm lucky that the income kind of came through for me with it but you know, I think the big thing is to, to, to just follow your passion. So, I mean, if you're interested in, I don't know, you know, like if, if teacups is your passion and you want to photograph teacups in whatever, that is, it may seem strange to someone else, but that could become something really major. Maybe nobody else is doing that. So I think just follow your passion and, and you know, photograph what's around you too. We all think that our lives are boring and stuff, but, you know, your life is probably very different to someone else's. So I, I think really following your passion, photographing what speaks to you is the most important thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. It's great to follow trends, but ultimately it's more important for us to figure out what really makes us want to take great pictures. So we don't have to feel like we have to conform um, you know, and I mean, and the most interesting photographers, you know, it's just, it, I mean, you know, if I look at your work, you know, and I, I, I see your cat and I'm seeing, I don't know, I, I, I just find it very interesting to 
wonder why you started doing the images that you do and and it's obviously very personal to you and I I think if you were I don't know I'm I'm not really making myself very clear but I I I really feel that yeah just just following your own passion and and shooting what's around you not necessarily feeling that you have to travel across the world to get that shot you know yeah I completely understand what you mean I mean when I meet photographers like yourself, who whose work is different to mine, I always wonder, have all these questions. So it's a good thing I have a podcast where I can just <laughs> interrogate everybody. <laughs> must be very interesting. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And I think it's even more fascinating when you meet people who are not photographers and you find out about their lives, um, especially if they are not in the, in any artistic industry at all, then this is where yeah. your background in anthropology comes in handy as well. So I think it's yeah. amazing. You, uh, you have all these connections, I'm sure, and you work with uh, different companies and you have all these opportunities to learn about different cultures. So collectively, all of those things, I think, will continue helping you become an even better photographer who, who loves what she does. Yeah. Your portfolio includes wedding, landscape, portrait, and editorial work, just to name a few. What's something you haven't captured yet that you dream of photographing one day? I would really love to photograph some wildlife. I haven't really done much of that. And I haven't um, really had access to any particularly long lenses or anything that might help with that. But I would really, um, now that I, you know, working with Nikon, I'm lucky in that I can borrow some lenses and have a go at that kind of thing and I would love to do some wildlife photography I think just to to experience that and I I know there's an awful lot of waiting around and you know it's a very unpredictable thing to to do but I I would really like to understand a little bit more about how wildlife photographers work and you know have have a go at that I think that's something I'd like to do. I think you'd do that wonderfully. I mean, it definitely requires a lot more patience than photographing uh, maybe even a landscape, right? Because you have to work with a moving subject. But I think totally. you job, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not even knowing, you know, finding your subject to start with. And, you know, perhaps I know I've actually dabbled in it just a tiny, tiny bit. I stumbled across a hummingbird the other day on her nest. And her nest is probably... For me to get to her, it takes me maybe two hours and I have to cross a, a body of water as well to get there. Oh. Um, but I've been back three times hoping to see the babies in the nest and I, I've still not been successful and I won't be able to get back there now before they fledge. She's still um, she's still sitting on them. And I, the last time I was there, I think the weather was too cold. I think they've probably hatched and she's keeping them warm. But um, I haven't seen them and I don't think I will get to see them. But, you know, that's just probably a small taste of what it's like being a wildlife photographer, having to return maybe over and over again, hoping to capture that shot, which, again, we do as landscape photographers, too, but it's slightly different. But, yeah, so I, I'm, I think that would be something that I'd, I'd love to, to do. Maybe as I have a bit more time in the future, I might be able to, to try my hand at that a bit more. Right. Well, I look forward to seeing more of your wildlife shots then. Thank you. <laughs> Don't hold your breath though, in case it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my last question for you is, what is the one thing that you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Um, I don't have any huge kind of yearning aspirations, really. I, I feel very lucky to be partnered with um, a brand like Nikon. I mean, as a photographer, if you have 
you know, it's if you love photography and then you have a brand asking you to represent them, it's a, it feels like a huge boost in self-confidence and a huge validation. And so having that was a, you know, a, was a wonderful thing in my photography career. Um, now, as I kind of move forward, I think I would really like to try to sort of give back in in some way. So I think, you know, I'm out there hopefully sharing the beauty of our world. And I think as I continue to do that, I would like to try and encourage people, you know, to protect that world as well. So, you know, whether it's people or, you know, animals, wildlife, uh, forests, I, I, I would really like to become more involved somehow in, in helping to, to protect that beauty that I love to shoot. So I think that would be um, that would be probably my my biggest goal moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a wonderful aspiration to have. I know a lot of landscape photographers, they advocate for nature conservation and things like that. And the more I find out about it personally, the more interested I am in it myself, even though I don't specialize in landscape photography. So I think yeah. it's very important for more and more people to talk about things like this, to talk about protecting the earth and I think it will help more people be conscious of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you have any kind of a social media platform, then if you can help to, in you know, in whatever small way, if you can help to spread that message, um, even in it, just in your behind the scenes of your daily life or whatever, I think that's, that's something that, um, you know, that I think is, is a, is a good thing to do as well. So, yeah, I think trying to, give something back in some way would would be really good and I'm I'm, I'm working on on trying to do that more and more if I can mm-hmm. yeah well I wish you the best of luck with that and I hope that it will be a very fulfilling and inspiring journey for you thank you so much thank you thank you for being on the podcast I had so much fun talking to you and finding out about your wonderful work and I cannot wait to see more of your pictures in the future oh you're very kind thank you so much for inviting me thank you, thank you. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I loved talking to Victoria and hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. She inspired me to try new things as a photographer and to never limit myself, regardless of my experience. I hope her story had a similar effect on you, too. See you next week! There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest-rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.